0: Listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture
1: and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Meara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about which books with comic and TV writer Ben Blacker. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I am listening to something, which rarely happens. Ooh. Um, which means I actually am listening to, like, you know, normally I'm like, I read a book a week ago because I only read one book at a time. Right now, I'm actually reading multiple things because I'm listening to something. I am listening to The Stand by Stephen King. That's a long-ass fucking audio It's 48 hours. It's 48 fucking hours. I am 10 hours in. Oh, my God. Um, I went... I've been traveling a lot. So what I've been doing is I put it on my headphones... While I'm traveling, so like on the way to the airport, in the airport, which is like that's two hours right there. Also, but that's a terrible
0: book to listen to in the airport, dude,
1: because people are, are coughing. coughing and shit. I know. I was listening to it on the plane, and there's a person next to me sneezing, and I was like just staring at them, like oh my god. Oh, anyway, man. if you don't know what the stand is, it's a like end of the world sort of flu like thing, kills most people. That's all I know so far. It's a great. It's look. told from several perspectives. Yeah. it's Stephen King. Um,
0: good miniseries. Man, it is.
1: I'm reading it from my book club, and uh, they all read half of it a month ago, and I didn't do that, and I just feel like I have too much to do right now, and I was like, but I'm moving around a lot. I'm driving a lot, so if I can just listen to it every time I'm in my car, it's sort of a test to see how much listening I actually do also. That was yeah. like my other, I was like, if I listen to this in the airport as I'm falling asleep on the plane, or you're like, you know, if I listen to it all that time, can I get through 48 hours in what is going to be three weeks I think I have to finish it in three weeks yeah because my book club is like in two weeks I've been listening to it for about a week but well, so- also how long you get stuff from the library so oh that's true um I bought it oh okay and so I would just have it because I didn't want to worry about whether or not it wasn't available with library actually I was wow. so I would have had to put it on hold and I didn't think I was gonna make this book club this is what happened I didn't make the first one, so I didn't read it. And now I'm going to be able to make the second one. And so I'm like, oh, I got to read this book. And I think I'm going to paint a room in my house this week. So I figured I could listen to it while doing uh, that. Yeah, that's a good thing to do while you're painting. Yeah, right. That, that's what it feels like. Anyway, it's super scary. Um, horrifyingly scary so far. And uh, really good. And um, yeah, it's the reader's great. I like him. What are oh. you reading? <laughs> uh, I'm reading a book that I think you will really like. It's called The
0: Twisted Ones by T. It's on my list. T. Kingfisher. Sure. I have it. Um, okay, this, it came out this year. Like just
1: came out. Yes, it yes. just
0: came out. It's a scary book for October. And one, two things. One, I think you'll like it because you right in the beginning you find out that there is a dog and the dog survives the entire book. Oh, nice. Because she's like telling a story. The dog is telling a story. No, no the part, the the main character uh, has a dog. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be amazing. It was from the perspective Sean of the that dog. That was really funny. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh she, the main, the main character has a dog and she's, tell, she's telling, she's writing the book as she's like, oh, this thing happened to me. I'm telling you the story. But right in the beginning, she's like, and eh, you know, I wouldn't have survived this if it wasn't for my dog. And okay, that's so good. you're, so you know, so, you so know it's nice to read the book knowing that like, oh God, the dog's going to be fine no okay, matter what sad. happens. But it's about this woman and her and her dog have to go down South to clear out her dead grandmother's house who was a hoarder. Yeah and so she's cleaning the house out and it's like in the middle of nowhere in the mountains in north carolina <laughs>
1: because you're reading another haunted house book oh fuck no well no the house
0: isn't haunted oh, okay so the not a haunted house oh, book. I thought it was haunted. um so she's cleaning out the house uh wow imagine a haunted house that was like a hoarder house it's yep. just like newspapers everywhere and the
1: newspapers are haunted Ooh.
0: <laughs> uh but while <laughs> we, she's we cleaning and they're
1: like wrestling <laughs> around. They're wrestling
0: around uh, while she's cleaning the house, she finds a journal from her step-grandfather, who's also passed away, and he starts telling – in the journal, he's telling, like, the story of these creepy things that are in the woods, these, like, scary people that oh, are cool. in the woods. And so she starts seeing stuff, and she, like, enlists the help of her, like, very weird hippie neighbors, and it's very scary, and it's really fun, and I love it so far. So that's – um. The Twisted Ones by T. King Fisher. And mine is The Audiobook of the Stand by Stephen King. <laughs> uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. PK has a hot book tip. Wow, wow. wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was like a slide whistle. Yeah, that was good <laughs> I don't know why there was a slide whistle for that one. We just have a whole <laughs> mess of sounds for the hot book I, tips. No, we actually are in a music studio. I bet there is a, like an actual, there's no BOU. Okay. No No, no triangle? Sean does What the, about a cowbell? Okay. Is there a cowbell? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah okay all right fine. Uh, So
0: PK says I am pleased to report that Bria's turn off the Wi-Fi trick for Overdrive also works for Cloud Library, oh. and I will actually get to find out who, how, and why in this murder mystery. I was a hundred pages from finishing.
1: <laughs> Good job, PK. Um, Emily wrote in and said, I just discovered your podcast in the last week or so and have been devouring old episodes. I love it so much. I have been reading. Thank you. I've been reading uh, uh, in a bit of a reading rut lately and you've helped me me start branching out. I picked up queen of kings by maria devana headley over the weekend and i'm absolutely loving it i specifically wanted to write in because i was cracking up at your discussion back in november about false book covers for self-help books i'm a huge lemonese ticket fan and the hardcover of his unauthorized autobiography comes complete with a reversible cover so you can disguise your book as something called the pony party (laughs) maybe he should start marketing reusable the pony party covers for self-help books as well um, Emily P.S. I bought the reading journal you recommended in your last book tech and I loved it. I read so many books that sometimes I don't remember what happened in a book two months later. And I feel like taking the time to process the book after I finished it is really going to help me better retain it. Oh, great. I like that.
0: And so Summer wrote in with the wheelhouse that is Journeys to Hell, Demons, or Books Where Satan is a Character. I wonder if I, that might be in my wheelhouse. I like oh. Uh librarian main characters, mythological retellings, Norse in particular, Monsters with a Heart of Gold fantasy of
1: manners i don't know what that means i don't either let us know fantasy of manners is that like when you're fa- uh, I like manor house no it's spelled M A N N E R, yeah. like manners I, like, like what really we, polite dragons like i don't uh-huh. know uh-huh. summer please i think i was thinking it was like a, a way like you're you're fantasizing that people have manners oh, yeah. oh. you're like i wish, wish people were more polite i wish people would cover their mouth
0: when they sneeze <laughs> That's, yeah please Summer let us know what that means uh, swords in space nice I, I can't even I don't even know what. the that thing means. about swords and space is they're less heavy oh <laughs> but also very slow yeah Ooh. Um, vampires fairies mysteries and trains and that's, that's it so I'm very intrigued by this yeah so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com and if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month sign up for our newsletter there's a link in the show notes before we talk about which books with Ben Blacker we're going to take a quick break Hey listeners, you remember advent calendars, the thrill of opening a new gift every morning and never knowing exactly what was inside, even though it was probably just like a gross chocolate or something. You can rediscover that joy as an adult with a new literary twist thanks to Higston and Olson. They're the makers of the Short Story Advent Calendar, a deluxe box set of 25 individually bound, non-religious, literary short stories that readers open each day leading up to Christmas. And all of them are sealed so you won't know what's inside until you open it, unless you're a cheater or you really want to read all of them at once. We're not going to judge you here. When you're done reading, you can visit shortstoryadventcalendar.com for an exclusive interview with the author. The 2019 edition includes stories from Pulitzer Prize winner Anthony Doerr, who wrote All the Light We Cannot See... Uh, Lauren Groff, who wrote Face and Furies*, which is a book that I love, and so many more. They sent two of these, one for one to Bria and one to me. They are so cute. They come in these amazing little boxes, and the stories are like actual stor- short stories. They're like five to ten pages each, so they're really quick. The whole packaging is incredible, so you can get it as a present for yourself, or they would make great presents for your family, friends, anyone in your life who loves stories or books. Now, don't wait until December 1st. You can order your copy today from shortstoryadventcalendar.com and enter the promo code GLASSES at checkout to get 10% off your purchase. That's shortstoryadventcalendar.com, promo code GLASSES.
2: By accident of realizing that I have accidentally uh, pulled my pants down.
1: <laughs> Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org
2: or wherever you get your podcast. It's like if the guinea pig was complicit in helping the
1: scientist.
0: This week. First up, Happy Halloween, everybody! Let's it's the greatest Halloween. day of the year. It's coming out on Halloween. Comes out on Halloween. Wow. The spookiest episode of the year. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be Halloween when this episode comes out. So we're celebrating by talking about which books with our friend Ben Blacker. Uh, ben, welcome back to the
1: show. Thank
0: you.
2: One of our
1: reading glasses veterans. We're so happy to have you back.
2: I'm um, glad to be back.
1: Wait, you're one of the few, by the way. We, we're like just now starting to like do yeah. like more, and I there's been like three. Like You're maybe like number four. Sarah Kuhn. Sure.
2: Ben. i have her back every week.
1: Yeah, oh, she's, I mean, she's very excited. I love Sarah. Um, yeah, Madeline um, Rue. Madeline Rue. Who we just had back. Sure. I think that might be... That might no, be. there's a couple more. There's a couple more. I can't think of who they I are, and, and I'm sure we're being offensive to somebody, but we <laughs> definitely have had other... But not that many. You're one of the few.
2: I appreciate United. it. The you the proud. I look forward to our Halloween reading checkup <laughs> every year.
0: <laughs> Honestly, this is pretty, this is pretty perfect. So speaking of Halloween reading, it's Halloween. What are you reading
1: right now?
2: Oh my gosh. You've caught me at a weird time cuz I'm reading like 5 books.
1: That's ev- every everyone everyone on the show I feel like is always is reading, right? five. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't it's it's, it's unusual for me cuz I do try to like I I read books and I finish them and I move on to the next one, but uh I started read so listen, this is I will give you credit for this. Uh reading glasses inspired me to make um some resolutions last year. Oh, okay. um, and the the year 2018, I said I'm going to read 32 books. It's not a lot. It's less than a, book a, lot. a week.
1: Yeah. It felt like it's it was
2: reasonable for my schedule.
1: Yeah. Um, and, I that, and I did that. 32. Is it a certain number a month? No. Well, it was just a random choice. A was, I think I had
2: read like 20 or okay. something the okay, previous okay, okay. year, so and I was just... like, I can certainly do better. Uh-huh, than that. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't count comics, and I don't count cookbooks, and I don't oh. count. Pamphlets that are handed to me in the street.
1: Um,
2: So last year, so I did my 32. uh, For 2019, I said, I listened to your resolutions podcast. And I said, I'm going to do some resolutions. I'm not going to up my number. I think 32 is still reasonable. Um, But I would like to read more short stories. I would like to read more books by non-white authors. Mm -hmm. And I would like to read more um, books written before nineteen eighty.
0: Oh, interesting. Wow. That's a good
1: group of resolutions. Yeah.
2: It's been harder than you'd think, <laughs> especially to find ones that fit all of those. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I was going yeah. to say no. that
1: the the Venn diagram there is very small.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Although, So, yeah, I've exhausted the James Baldwin catalog, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, like, I love. I was going to say, I that's a not a bad thing. No. <laughs> I mean, that was, for me, I think I hadn't read him since college, so that was, like, great to dive into again. But um, I went back to, a few weeks ago, a, you know, middle-aged white guy though he was not middle-aged at the time for a pre-1980 book so i start i read the first couple chapters of larry mcmurtry's second novel which,
0: which um, novel is
1: that? oh okay. wait that's why i brought one wow that's helpful <laughs> i love that you
0: just have a series of smaller and smaller electronic screens you have an ipad a kindle and your iphone Listen,
2: i'm not proud
0: <laughs> you're like basically like i've created a small spaceship pod all, my,
2: all of my friends are going to be strangers
0: I haven't. I love Larry M- McMurtry. Me too. I haven't read that.
2: Have you had the experience though that I have with McMurtry, which is he's kind of hit or miss?
0: Yes, <laughs> I feel like Larry McMurtry has like a several. He has like a couple different setups mm-hmm. that he does variations on, and there's like one book that is a like uh, Lonesome Dove is a perfect book. It is my favorite, and book. then I read Boone's Lick. I don't feel, normally I never talk badly about books on this show, but I feel like Larry (laughs) He can handle it. He'll be fine. Boone's Lick is a very similar setup, but it's just not as good. Yeah. Mm. And
2: I think when he tries to be funny, he's not funny. But when he's sort of incidentally funny, he's He's terribly funny.
0: Yes. Which is what
2: Lonesome Dove has, which is what, like, uh, The Last Picture Show has.
0: Another book that I love. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So uh, All My Friends Are Going to Be Strangers is great. It was his second novel. It's very much like in late 70s young white man novel um, out in the
0: world exactly
2: but yeah. he's a great writer and it's about a writer like it's everything you expect it is. yeah <laughs> but then i went to new york last month and set up an interview with alexandra kleeman have you read any of her books oh mm-hmm.
0: my god i She's love her fantastic. so much i re- uh, read both of her books her novel um uh
2: you two could have a body you two, like two could have
0: a body like mine i read in one sitting you would love that's it, Bria. so interesting so I, am obsessed I had read with
2: her it. short stories, intimations, which I love.
0: So, yeah, the first story uh, in that collection is out. one of my favorite stories, maybe ever.
2: Yes, I agree, um, and I recommend this to everyone. You, I think, you would love her writing mm. uh, and her the stuff she writes about.
0: Very woman on a dy- dystopian journey. Oh, nice.
2: Yeah, sort of the horror of being trapped in your own body. Yes, um, but I started reading, so I put her aside Larry McMurtry. No offense. Uh, I Sorry started there. reading. You two can have a body like mine, so I would be prepared for the interview. I could not get into it. I
0: couldn't put it down. It's wow! So I literally read it in one sitting.
2: Wow! I, which like the language carries you along. Like she's a beautiful writer, um, but it just felt so bogged down in the minutia of. I like I couldn't get a grasp on anything. Yeah, um, and and like, going going from Larry McMurtry to that was a yeah. like whiplash.
0: Well, she she's a very – I like her because she's a very anxious writer. She is. So she really is – writes all about that feeling of, like, thinking about everything. And I think if yes. you don't want that experience, <laughs> it would be a nightmare. <laughs> but for me, I'm like, this is what my life is all the time. So I love reading that. Yeah. But I can see why you would be like, I need to put this book down and yeah. jump out a window.
2: <laughs> and, and oftentimes – and I don't know if this happens to you all, but, like, when I have to read something or watch something for the Writer's Panel podcast – it feels like homework.
1: Yeah. And I yeah. just don't want
2: to do it. Even if it's something I'm done, du- like I had the creep show uh, writers, TV writers oh, nice. on, and I was like, I can't watch the show. And then they sent me a screener. and was like, I don't want to watch
1: the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah. It just started to feel like homework a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And anytime, anytime I have vegetables.
0: to read a book, I'm like,
1: mm, yeah. Exactly. yeah and then you like cheat on it with other books yeah right. like i'll, I'll, I'll do things I'll, I'll like pick i'll be like i know i need to be read this but i'm gonna read this other one even though i would be just as happy and the other the book is month. looking at you from across the room like, yeah what right. gives Brian. the <laughs> next
2: book is always so much more appealing yeah, yeah. i also have
1: <laughs> yeah please please we're here for this uh
2: when i travel and i traveled a lot last month when i travel i tend to have a non book mm-hmm. that i can sort of read at bars or restaurants mm-hmm. or coffee shops or and
0: look smart Exactly. Public. <laughs>
2: no, it's all on my Kindle. Nobody cares. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's just easier for me to concentrate yeah. on that stuff. So I've been reading pretty much for the last four months and savoring uh the nineteen nineties teen horror cycle by oh, Alexandra by... West. I've heard been, that's amazing. Yeah. She uh does the Faculty of Horror podcast. Oh cool, cool. Which cool, if you cool, cool, cool. haven't heard, this is yeah. so up your alley.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cool.
0: Actually that book's been recommended to me a bunch. I think her Great. and I are friends on Twitter is like Horror, nonfiction people, I'm sure, <laughs> uh, but it's
1: a book that's all about there's again not that like, many. There can't be a big crowd. There
0: actually, aren't that many. Yeah,
1: I think there's like ten of you. <laughs>
0: yeah, we should start. We should start our own little con. Uh, but it's a book that's all about like you know, the t- movies about teenagers getting stabbed in the night. Yeah, mm-hmm. around
2: Scream was like, like the 90s was a weird time for horror. Yeah, um, and she sort of takes it apart in a fascinating way. She's a, such a smart writer and uh, analyst.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and now. I just got from the library and started last night uh, Paul Tremblay's new collection, which I think have you both read? Yeah, we yeah. both read it. Yeah. I just we read it recently.
1: Yeah, we both love it. Mm-hmm. We were, yeah, anything Paul does is amazing. It's so. a good, but if you're trying to do more short stories, it's a good one. Yes. and they're not—they're all fairly short. Like yeah, they're actually quite short. The sh- stories, short for short stories. Like, I don't like
0: a long short story. I feel wow. I feel.
2: You're like just go Dude. for it at that point.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, like, just, just like just
0: write a book, <laughs> just go the distance.
2: <laughs> um, I interviewed Paul in New York also because he was there for Isn't Harvard he Comic-Con. wonderful? Yeah, we had the best. I think I had first heard him on Reading Glass.
0: Yeah, that was great. We've that's had to retire our Paul Tremblay recommendations because yeah, we just rec- <laughs> we just will recommend Paul for everything. Yeah,
2: that's fair. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so four books I'm in the middle of and. Catching up on comics and things like that.
0: So speaking of comics, last year we had you on to talk about, or was it two years ago? No, no it was last year. year. Uh, to talk about horror comics and now your horror comic, Hexwives is out in trade paperback finally. Can you tell us about it?
2: I sure can. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: Hexwives is a, a six-issue comic book. It's a complete arc. You can pick it up on October 28th um, or as of October 28th. The full arc, which I think is best read in one sitting. I'll say it's sort of a slow burn.
0: And bought in pairs of
2: and uh, Yeah, buy three or four. Give some <laughs> yeah. to your, them to your uh, angry witch friends. Yeah. Uh, of which
0: we have many. Exactly. Surprisingly. Surprisingly.
2: <laughs> uh, the premise is Bewitched plus the Stepford Wives. It's, it's so a, good. Thank you. Uh, it's about a bunch of powerful witches who don't know that they are powerful witches who are sort of brainwashed into being suburban 50s style housewives uh, and about the way they discover... Their power, and then ultimately have their bloody vengeance.
0: It wasn't single issue. It was yes. like what seven issues? Six issues. Six, six issues. Now it's out in trade paperback, which is all the issues collected together. Yep. And if you want more single issues, you buy the trade paperback
2: exactly in yeah. bulk. <laughs> tell and if you don't want to buy it, tell your local library that you want to read it. Yeah. And they can buy it. Yeah, and they um, totally that's will. A great like, thing. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Have you found it? Uh, how has the process been? For the comic the comic community, how do you feel? How do you feel about it?
2: Uh, it was really well-received. Good. And I really appreciated that. Um, you know, we were part... of a
1: really good comic. Thank yeah. you.
2: But that, you know, that's not always the case. It is true. Um, it's People true. don't always come out and pick it up. Yeah. Um, but we were part of the Vertigo Comics relaunch at DC last year, um, which, you know, we all kind of went... Everyone who was part of that relaunch went for six issues, and then they shut the line down because DC did a big shuffle. So the good news is, like, we were well reviewed. We were we sold very well. Um, everyone did terrific work on it. I mean, the artist Mirkan Andolfo is just killer. Um, she did just beautiful design. Uh, the colorist Marissa Louise made this book sing. Like this would be... yeah. Not the colors be... in this book are off are mm. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're
0: amazing.
2: She really impressed me. And um, I do this podcast called Comic Book Commentary in which uh, comics, usually writers, will sort of do a commentary track for an issue. And Marissa and I got on the phone for one of the early, you know, issue two or three of Hex Wives, and she talked me through her coloring process, and it was fascinating. Oh, that's
1: cool. The stuff oh, she that's
2: brings cool. to it. I mean, colorists are artists, everyone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they Don't are. forget that.
1: Yeah,
0: wow. So, so speaking of the trade paperback, for fans, this is an interesting question that I've always wanted to ask. Like, Where's the best place to buy a trade paperback from? Is it, like, books where you could just, like, giving it your local comic book shop Mm -hmm. is good?
1: Like, is there a Do you get more money if we buy it straight up from... I don't get anything. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um,
2: I do think, you know, just morally buying it from your local comic book shop is the best bet. Um, But the problem is you don't know if they're going to have it in stock. So call up your local comic book shop. Mm -hmm. But it's available on Amazon and... Uh, I know DC and Marvel and probably most of the big companies count those Amazon sales. That's you know that's important to them. Right. If sure. We get on the Amazon charts. That means something to them. So yeah, buy it on
1: Amazon.
0: Yeah, I've I've actually heard from publishing people that pre-ordering books on Amazon mm-hmm.
1: is good because so many
0: people look at those Amazon numbers.
1: Mm-hmm. I I will say also just to, for the comic book. like comic book stores they are so nice about ordering stuff like if you want anything from them they will pre-order they will do anything for you like I, they're so nice if you go in and ask or call definitely a way to do it i pre-order stuff from our local comic
0: book shop secret headquarters all the time and like always they they all know me as jeremy lambert's girlfriend because i (laughs) pre-order like four or five or six copies of every (laughs) issue that he writes (laughs) and come in and get them and they're like do you want to bag and board these? I'm like, no, just take it. <laughs> no, I'm
1: just
2: a super fan. Just a <laughs> super
1: fan. Just yeah. taking these. That's Girlfriend like, or super fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. both.
2: Uh, or both. Uh, it could be mom. That's my mom. Could be, going be, mom. To... That's
0: could my be mom. Jeremy's parents yeah. do the same thing, yeah. but they're always mm-hmm. super nice. Like, I order or pay for things over the phone. Like, yeah. they're really great about everything. Absolutely.
2: Engage your local comic Bookshop, mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. But
2: also get it from
0: Amazon. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Why not Whatever. Whatever.
0: All those rich people who are listening to this podcast, <laughs> buy, it, buy it both ways. Um, so speaking of witches, we're going to be recommending some great books about witches this week after the break. But first, we I saw recently in the reading classes page that someone went, I think it was uh, our listener... Kelsey Cooper, who is looking for books on witches. What is the appeal of, of books on witches? There are... there are It's like a common trope, especially in like YA stuff. Why do people want to read about witches?
1: I mean, you just wrote a book. You just wrote a book about it. What's the answer, Ben? Well, I, wanted,
2: <laughs> I wanted to write about them. <laughs> um, I think there's something to um, you know, a a person who does not usually seem empowered being empowered. Yes. You know, in the best case scenario, a witch story is about uh, women's empowerment. Yeah. Um, and in a best case scenario, it's super dark. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which is things that we like. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: mm-hmm. that that's for me what I look for in a book about witches and, and the stuff I was trying to write about in Hex Wives. It's a thing that I don't get very often in yeah. witch books. You know, I feel like there's a tendency to sort of get bogged down in whether it's tropey stuff or history stuff or because witches are kind of the only female, traditionally female monster.
1: Yeah. Uh, It gets bogged
2: down in romance tropes like this Anne Rice stuff and, Mm. and sort of uh, like there are a number of series that have that. Um, And I don't know, that's, that's not what I'm looking for. You know, I was purposeful in Hex Wives that there was not a, uh, overt romantic plotline no, in witch the first boning? arc. <laughs> Not None. <laughs> None which boning the series.
0: <laughs> That's Ben's sequel to My <laughs> Check out which boning. <laughs> <Witch> boning. <laughs> it's my erotic comic <laughs> now available on Vertigo. What do you think, Bria? Why do people like? Why do you like witch stories? I mean,
1: I, I mean, I'll I'll agree with Ben. I do think. um I mean I'm often looking for my wheelhouse definitely has like women at the center stories about women that I haven't seen or just generally like female characters and so which book is going to have that I think we're really at this time where um by the way I started trying to read a witch book before this podcast and I quit cuz I did not like it Oh my god um, <laughs> me too I, so I think we're at this time right now where there is a lot of um used to it was like witches were like like old Mm-hmm. They had warts on their noses. They had green faces and like pointy hats. And now we're at a time where there's a lot of twenty year olds who love witches, and they've gotten cool. They yeah. are like in all sorts of different arenas. I really credit in some way Wicked with with that. Yeah, with putting the witch at front it's front and center, mm-hmm. the book and then the musical, obviously. But mm-hmm. like. Uh, I think that we've had this transformation where there's more witches of different ilk, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, but also,
2: what what's lost for that in me is they're not scary anymore.
1: Yeah, that's true. A lot of times they're not scary anymore, and they're, they're sexy. They're sexy yeah. or they're sad, or which they're, I'm fine with the sad. <laughs> I like <laughs> Give me those sad witches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mallory, are witches inherently goth? I, well, I was
0: just going to say, so I love witch stories because it's, like, the Venn diagram of all the things that I like. Because it's, like, female power, uh-huh. goth shit, uh-huh. and then, like... pointy hats. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, but it's also it also, like, spooky shit cats. because I feel like a lot... Yeah, cats, bats... <laughs> <laughs> cauldrons. I feel like which I like which which accessories sure. into which accessory. Mm-hmm. So it's like which books are I will always I, I should put witch stuff in my wheelhouse because I will always pick up a witch book <laughs> mm-hmm. because I'm like it's gonna be goth. This is gonna maybe be some cats involved here. Everyone's gonna be wearing cool clothes. Eyes of Newt, <laughs> eyes of Newt, into it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the really interesting part about witch stories because that's almost like female superheroes, right? It's really the only long-standing mm-hmm. literary tradition we have where women have po like powers in some way. Because mm-hmm. for so long there weren't a ton of female superheroes. Most most of besides wonder woman like most of the big superheroes until very recently were men mm-hmm. but and we had witches which is a very mm-hmm. interesting way that's it's, it's interesting to see how society views female power or funny how that works
1: um or witches versus wizards even yes. more so it's like the yeah yeah whereas wizards i think of as like oh, all powerful wizard and a w- witch like traditionally like lives alone in a cave yeah. you know yes. like, so i really like there's a great i think i talked about it in
0: our one of our newsletters recently there's a great book called dead blondes and bad mothers by sadie doyle it's a non-fiction book that explores men's fear of female power mm. through all of our mythology and legends I mean, and horror movies hmm. it's fantastic but she goes into like of course like the craft it follows medusa the gorgons like all all sorts of stuff. So I really like exploring that, and I think that's one of the reasons I really like witch stories because it examines how society treats women. I mean, just from every from witch stories from the Crucible to now, like that's it's such a big tenet of the genre. Right. So, Briar, what are some witch books that you love?
1: Um, so I gotta talk about Discovery of Witches, which is a great book. It is a trilogy. It was made into a... I was just going to say show on Shutter. right? Show on Shutter, which I have not watched, but I will eventually. I love that. I love... I love it. It's really good. Should I read this? I still haven't read Discovery of Witches. What's
2: it about? Um,
1: It's got vampires, witches, romance. It's a little romantic. I was going to say, the other thing I said didn't say earlier is that I think as a child, I was always like, I don't. I like Disney movies, but it's kind of like fucked up because I'm never going to be a secret princess. Like I want to <laughs> be a secret princess, but I don't think I'm ever going. Everyone's going to ever be like, you know what, Bria Grant, living in East Texas, you are actually secretly a princess. But anybody could be a secret witch, which I think is like the exciting Ooh. thing. So in Discovery of Witches, full grown woman discovers she's a witch. Wow, like that's a great, wonderful thing to be a full grown ass woman teaching at a university, and then all of a sudden you discover you're a witch. And there's vampires in the world, and they're sexy like there's like I mean what a wonderful experience that you get to have that <laughs> sounds pretty it's like a
0: great flip on like the male chosen one trope, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and also like I think yeah, that's and so that it's a good book. it's very thick, it's dense. there's three of them. the first one is amazing okay. um and definitely worth picking up um i also recommend Akata Witch by Nnedi Okorafor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, uh, a woman, uh, uh, not a woman, she's a child, um, albino um, child from New York, goes back to Nigeria where her family's from, and then a lot of witchcraft happens. She discovers she's a witch. She discovers that witchcraft is a thing that everyone can kind of do if you have, like, the right tools, and wow. um, so she's able to do that. That's a really great series as well. Um, but then I think there's also, like, Classic ones and classic ones are good, even if the witches are bad. The line ha- witch in the wardrobe. I haven't read a lot of the classic ones, although I will say because a lot of the witch villains are cool as hell because they have no. lots of power. Yeah, yeah. line witch in the wardrobe. That's a. I mean, she's a witch. She's scary as fuck. I've the, never
2: read it. I've
0: oh,
1: never read you it. You mean the movie? Using the movie? Seen the movie? Aslan. Wow, really? Okay, it's, <laughs> it's isn't, great. It, isn't it all about Jesus? It is like I think actually, like secretly, secret. It's Jesus? a secret Christian book. Yeah, oh. like it's some people Christian. are secret witches, some people are secret <laughs> Jesus. And some, yeah, the, the Lion's a secret Jesus, but. Wait, really? Wait, the lion is- lady is a secret Satan? I don't think Wait, so. Wait, hold on, hold on. The The <laughs> lion is Jesus? <laughs> I think she's the, just a witch. The lion is Jesus? Secret Jesus, yeah. Wow. Because he, <laughs> this is yeah. the first you're hearing of this. It's I knew a, it was Jesus, but i did going tell you, like general Jesus. There's I a bunch of kids. Like they go character. through a wardrobe. They go into a world that's like cold and has like you know you have to wear a fur coat the whole time you're there and you eat uh, some sort of some sort of delicate foods and there's just fun stuff happening. It's a good book. It's a good. I know that stuff. sounds fun, Bria. Um, <laughs> Being and cold cold I actually, think Wicked is a great book too. It's been a minute since I read it. I read it like when it came out, so like 20 years. So. But people went.
2: Crazy, yeah. Work. I
1: yeah. think I was working. I was working in a library because I was in mm. high school, so I picked it up then, and it's great. It's a really great book. Oh, I think it was the one of the first times that, that I think that's
0: what kicked off this wave of like, let's look at things from the mm-hmm. witches' perspective. And
1: it was it was definitely for me one of the first retelling of a of a story like yeah. retelling story book. That, in this
2: popular way, yeah, which we is, hadn't really seen that, which before. is
1: really popular yeah. now. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, fair I don't know like the first one, but I would now. credit it with being def- definitely the first one to make it popular. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, what which books do y'all like?
0: Yeah, Ben, tell us, tell us your favorite ben. witches. I don't have. I
2: I really like had to stretch for this because most of my witch stuff comes from movies and TV.
1: Fair, that's um, fair. So you can say those.
2: <laughs> I, but I
0: won't <laughs> <laughs> not
2: on this podcast
1: this is not watching glasses <laughs> <laughs> watching glasses
2: please do a spin off
0: <laughs> <laughs> we just talk about TV that you have seen and I haven't got to yet yeah that's, that would be really boring a lot I'll, of, I'll just talk
1: I'll about Twin Peaks <laughs> over and over again <laughs>
2: Um, the first things that came to mind were young adult stuff. Uh, which that It's I interesting read that you and bring,
0: and bring that you put Harry Potter in your list because I never think of Harry Potter as a witch book, but obviously it's the witchiest witch book there yeah. is. Exactly.
2: It has two of the best all time witches:
0: Hermione Granger, yeah, and, and
2: Professor McGonagall. Oh,
0: sure, oh, yeah, <laughs> That's right. Right, and Luna Lovegood. Yeah, although Absolutely. I don't know if she's a great witch.
1: She's not great She's at She's a great it. character, <laughs> yeah. But so also Magana you can be a though. secret witch in that book, which I like. That's true. You can yeah, be, yeah. You. I mean, Hermione was a secret witch, she found out. Yeah. Which yeah. is cool. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I think the the women in that book, the women characters in that book, are so much more interesting oh, yeah. and complicated than the male characters.
0: Oh, for sure. Um,
2: Except for uh, Snape, who's basically a witch, let's be honest. He's kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The other YA things that popped into my head were *The Witches*, *The book.
1: Oh yes,
0: which
2: I love.
0: I loved that too. I just watched that movie while we were carving pumpkins the other day. Oh wow, with the mice and stuff. We don't deserve Angelica Houston, (laughs) right? It's
1: so good. It's a that movie scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Oh yeah, because the the transformation sequences
0: into a mouse. So good, terrifying. Yeah,
2: but and that book has that stuff that the movie translates really well, which is. Like this is what I want from a witch book. It's that sort of uh fear and power and also like it's a little bit nasty. It's a little <laughs> like mean-spirited in the gentlest way, which is what Roald Dahl does the best. Um and I think that was sort of the the perfect version of a witch book for me. Um the other one which I don't know that I've ever heard you all talk about on this. Have you ever read Zilpha Keatley Snyder? <laughs> No, no. She's a she was a young adult writer. Uh, I think her biggest book was the Egypt Game. That's oh, the one people tend to know. know. Um, I was obsessed with her in I want to say fifth or sixth grade. She was the first real life author that I met.
1: Oh, oh uh, wow! I went to a
2: reading at the local library that she was doing, and I asked her a question. She told me it was a good question. Oh my god, what <laughs> a like, dream! Yeah, sorry. Now I'm a writer now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So she ruined my life <laughs> and also made it great. Um, we read The Egypt Game in, I think, fifth grade in school, and I just devoured all of her stuff. Um, But she wrote a book called The Witches of Worm, which...
0: I'm requesting it from the library right now. Check it
2: out. I mean, she was a really good writer. She was a very prolific writer. Uh, She did a few series. One was about a family where crazy stuff keeps happening. The Something Kidnapping Case was another one of her big ones.
0: The, all of these sound familiar It's movies. a.
2: I I think it's a little before your time. I think I'm just a couple years older than you two. And so for me, it was right in my kitchen. Mm. Um, but Witches of worm was a great book. And it also had that sort of nasty horror, but also good for, you know, fifth and sixth graders.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. That sounds awesome. You
2: yeah. Know, She's great. She died maybe within the past 10 years. Um, and she was writing till the very end.
1: And still writing like YA stuff. Yeah. That's so cool.
2: Yeah, I don't think she ever wrote books for adults. I think I it was know. all YA. My...
1: Fuck you, grown ups. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Mallory? Sure, yeah. do, you, do you have books you want to recommend? Yeah. Which I, books? Um,
0: I, I mentioned this on the Reading Glasses Facebook because the person looking for which books was like, I want which books that are about witches in our current world and maybe have a cool house.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what? That's I'm going to say – a lot of witches do you have a cool house. Discovery yeah. of witches, there's a cool house involved. I feel and like also, it's like a weird unspoken witch thing. And if also in I feel like there's cool houses. Sure.
2: Various houses.
1: Various, <laughs> various cool houses that are
0: witchy. Yes. Yeah. So um, our friend Amber Benson has a great series yeah. that takes place in oh, L.A. Yeah. It's called The Witches of Echo Park which mm-hmm. is where we're in right now. We are in Echo Park. Um, and they have a cool Victorian house, and it's just like cool modern witches. So that's really, I think there's three or four seri- books in the series. Um, the Sabrina comics are obviously mm-hmm. really fun. Yeah. And they also
1: have a cool house
0: they all- in the cool Sabrina house. comics. <laughs> uh, there's a new short story collection called Hex Life that just came out. It's oh, yeah. edited. One of the editors, two editors, one of the editors is uh, some past guest of the show, our friend uh, Chris Golden. Mm. And there's a lot of like amazing writers in there. How's the houses though? house wise how's it stack <laughs> text chris be like what's the house situation yeah. tell me in? which tell stories me. to
2: read for good houses
0: flag the houses mm-hmm. for me. um
2: the good house is a good one for that oh
1: and um, that's been on my list for a while actually it's really good it's just, it's scary yeah it's like a straight-up horror
2: it's straight-up horror it it presents as a haunted house story mm. um but it's definitely about a witch sneaky um, witch yeah. sneaky witch book and tanner of a do is just a Terrific! I just read her short stories. Ghost Summer. Ghost oh,
1: Summer is incredible. So
2: yeah, but, you, but Good House is also great. If
1: you're a witch and you're not living in a haunted house, you're kind of missing out. Yeah. I think. Like, I feel like that should it's be true. like a part of. Let me. The, like, why know? become a witch if you don't get a cool house? Let me ask you this. Okay.
2: Does a witch moving into a cool house <laughs> make it haunted?
0: <laughs>
1: oh. Or you know, was it haunted
2: before? Like, what are you suggesting?
1: Ooh. Um, <laughs> no, I'm saying if you're a witch, you're going to bring out those ghosts. All right. So you, let's say any you house walk could it, be haunted. You walk <laughs> it. The witch walks in. She's like, "All right, fellas, yeah, here I am. Yeah. Come on out. I'm ready. Time to party,
2: listeners. The- if you take nothing else from this, <laughs> any house could be haunted, yeah. <laughs> even the one you're in the one, right now. Look,
1: if you try hard enough, any house can be haunted. That's what I'm saying. Let's get, <laughs> let's put our back into it, folks. Um, obviously, Hex that the is a great. Oh, it's wishbook. the scariest witch book of all time. Oh, too scary. It's a, have you read this book? You must read this book. Oh, you didn't like it.
2: Okay. I read half of it. Wow, it's a lot. How
1: could you not read this book? Scared the crap out of me. I think I have to
2: try it again because okay. uh, people keep saying how scary it is, mm-hmm. and
1: I thought it was funny. It starts a little funny though. Okay, it and scary. I don't
2: like. I don't like reading comedy books.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. It, it starts. It's very. um It starts in like more of a light way. Yeah. Starts,
2: okay, so I have to yeah, push through that because I did like. I like the way he writes. I liked yeah. the story. But it just kept being so, like, jokey and, like, mm. like northern exposure Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, then yeah, it, will, it, then it quickly, de- dealt, like, descends into madness. So. Okay. Yeah. Um,
2: I'll go back to it for sure then.
0: There's a great YA book called The Graces, which is, like, a, you know, very haughty teen witches, if that's your deal. <laughs> oh. there's like There's, like, a family and they're all witches in the town and the main character is, like, she just moves there and she, like, wants to be everyone's like they're called the graces because their last name is grace and like everyone like wants to be in with the cool witch group and she's trying to like become friends with them white is for <laughs> witching by helen oh yeah is another interesting com like it's like the good house by uh tana reeve where it's like a haunted house book but also about witches it's like about witches mm-hmm. in a haunted house and one of the characters is the haunted house but did uh so you Wait, hear what? It, yeah, you hear from the perspective of the of house
1: itself, which is very interesting. More, more house point of view books. That is not yeah. something you read often. No, no it's a really fun Let's book.
2: See, let me uh, ask you to this. Um, you had mentioned in this book, The Graces, Um Are they publicly witches? No. It was one
0: of those things where, like, everyone... It's one of those, like, whispers around the town where everyone thinks there's something up with them, but no one's going to straight-up call them out on being witches. It's like the craft. Yes, exactly
1: like that. Okay, Um, Because
2: I don't... I tend not to, like... And kind of in any monster or horror book where the stuff is out in public, yeah, I like like I want your witchiness to be a secret, and it's oh, a thing I totally that you do. get to use,
1: Yes. because that's part of the power of it is that people don't yeah. know so. you have it, so you're able to use it without them knowing yeah. that that's what's going.
2: It's on. surprising,
1: yeah.
0: Well, I think. It Being a secret also adds to a lot of the, impo- like the, the genre because mm-hmm. it's like, ooh, it's a secret. People are – maybe there's accu- accusations going on and that sort of like whispery, gossipy social power is I think a huge part of what makes mm-hmm. a witch book a witch book. Mm-hmm. And like people trying to figure out if they're a witch or not. Yeah, I
2: mean it feels like that comes directly from – the Salem witch trials and the crucible, right? Like that trope was formed because of this true history event that to be a witch in your neighborhood, and we see this in like witches of Eastwick yeah. and a lot of these YA books too, to be a witch in your neighborhood is a dirty secret that is whispered about that is like, you are a rumored monster. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. There's uh, also like a, a lot of literary fiction, non-spooky witch, but like Circe by Madeline mm-hmm. Miller is a witch book. Oh, technically, I guess it is kind of a witch if you book think about then. it. It's like yeah. a witch book for non-goths,
1: non-goths. Oh. Oh, I, oh. I, non-goths, non-goths. Nuns are already is, very goth. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different subgenre. Yeah, non- non-goths, is non-goth. is it? it's like, or it also sounds like a weapon, like a nunchuck. It's a non-goth. Oh, Cersei I mean, but, is a
2: witch book for history nerds. Yeah, that is totally
1: true. <laughs> it's true. Which is a whole sub-category, I feel like. I feel exactly. like we could probably name a few more if I. If we thought about it. Uh, did you guys ever read the
0: middle grade book Witch Witch when you were kids? No. It's a it's a middle grade book. It's really fun. It's about a bunch of witches who have to compete for the hand of this prince, I think. And they and they have to outdo each other in meaning
1: witchiness. marry him or an yeah. actual hand. Oh my! <laughs> because it's a witch. It's a witch. <laughs>
0: Please make that,
2: that movie. <laughs>
0: that would
1: have been a way better competition.
0: Uh, but they have they want to marry him, so they have to outdo each other. They have this big witch competition, and it is so fun. If you're looking for a book for your for kids, it's mm, great. Yeah. Um, So you can send your witch book recommendations to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. And before we solve a real problem, we're going to take a quick break. Hello there, ghouls and gals. It is I, April Wolf. I'm here to take you through the twisty, scary, heart-pounding world of genre cinema on the exhilarating program known as Switchblade Sisters. Mm -hmm. The concept is simple. I invite a female filmmaker on each week, and we discuss their favorite genre film. Listen in closely to hear past guests like the Babadook director, Jennifer Kent, Winter's Bone director, Deborah Granick, and so many others every Thursday on
2: MaximumFun.org. Tune in if you dare.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's actually a very thought-provoking show that deeply explores the craft and philosophy behind the filmmaking process while also examining film through the lens of the female gaze. So, like, you should listen. Switchblade Sisters. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Katie writes in, I started a book club several years ago with my friends. I feel like it has run its course for me. It has become a chore now rather than something I look forward to. How do I quit without hurting anyone's feelings? Any tips would be appreciated. How to break up with your book club. Ben, what do you think? break up with it.
2: Oh, listen – I break up. Uh, I'm a very straightforward person.
0: <laughs>
1: Ben's like, you tell, guys are boring. <laughs> fuck you. I tell my book He actually problem. left. I mean, he broke up with us in between. He left. <laughs> brought him brought him back. <laughs> we recorded
2: this before I left. <laughs> um, you just gotta. You just gotta do it. Tell him yeah. it's not working out. Mm. I mean, I think honestly, the best the best way to deal with this is to lie. My life. <laughs> My life has gotten busy. I don't <laughs> yeah. have time to keep up with all of your brilliant minds. Right, I have to. I have to bow out.
1: But that's okay. For, it may not be a lie. Yeah, because, because so, lives can be busy. Absolutely, lives can be busy. So can lives through <laughs> through multiple ways. I have too much TV to watch. That's a busy. I'm very busy. I'm busy with that <laughs> yeah. TV. You don't um, have to be specific the, about yeah, yeah, what so, you're busy. I. Um, I Probably shouldn't give this away, but my stepdad uh, always says, oh, you know, I have something going on at that time, which is a funny thing because, like, you could have anything going on. I I could be at home doing, like, you know, making dinner or staring out the window. That's something I have going on at that time. I like that quite a bit, actually.
2: I'd be really curious to hear from listener Katie um, about, because I love the way she phrases I feel like it's run its course for me.
1: (laughs) She's like, I don't. What does that mean? Like, I've gotten all all the interesting things I have to say from you people. It's also not clear in this email to me. So, she started it. Yes. With her friends. But is she the person doing the organizing or can she? Because here's the thing if you've started it and you do the organizing, it's a bit more of a challenge. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Okay. Okay. Because it's a bit more of a challenge. That's my concern. Is it like. I have that exact I'm with you. If you just are going just step back and quit going and be like, you know, i am just gotten busy. Right. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. I'm going to take a break. Maybe you're going to want to return. Maybe you're, the break is indefinite. The you know?
2: only saying answer I can think of, if, if she is the one who started it and wants to back out, is to pretend she's dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just
2: fake her on death.
0: Hoi, ha- <laughs> <Hey>, Bria, Bria <laughs> passed away suddenly <laughs> in a freak accident. So sorry to give you Book news related. News. <laughs> 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 it was a pile of Kindles fell on her head. She was crushed to death.
1: So sad. Wait, Zoom so you have backed out of book clubs. This exact same started. thing happened to me. You have started book clubs and then had to leave them. Because at some point sh- you have to leave them. They're not read ever, right? Three three I mean, they, you're clubs. making
2: a binding agreement.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a Blood Oath. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> first off, I do think. I agree with both of you, regardless. I, if you're starting it or just a member, I think it's absolutely fine to tell someone you no longer have the bandwidth or the time to do a book club. Uh, you don't have to. I would not say you guys are becoming a chore. I'm bored <laughs> as fuck by you. you don't, I don't even think she means that. She means the yeah. club itself yeah. is a chore. I wouldn't. I would leave that out. You don't need to make them yeah. feel bad. Um, so when I left the book club that I had started in New England that had three different chapters in three different states that I went to. Well, one was in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, or Providence, Rhode Island, and I went, one was Monday, one, one was Sunday, one was Monday, one was Thursday. Jesus. New England's every a lot week? smaller. Yes. New England's a lot smaller. Or the, one in Rhode Island was every two weeks, I think. But New England's a lot smaller than you, you think You read a book a week? For, you had three books a week for the Well, that was one? the thing. It was not a, it was like a read-whatever-you-want book club. It was more like a book meeting. Sure. Oh, okay.
2: That's the best kind of book okay. club, yes. I will say. All
0: right. Um so I took the job that I currently work at at Dark Dunes Production. This was seven years ago. And I just didn't have the ability to run the book club. Every- and I was the one who, like, manned the Facebook page. And I, like, set up all the events. Yeah, this is a real Mallory Extremely like Mallory. take it all on and do it all yourself. Yep, extreme Mallory situation. Um, but then I didn't have the ability to do it anymore because I was traveling a lot for work, which, Priya, both of you know, is just really difficult to be in a book club. Uh, and I moved to Brooklyn. And I just
1: couldn't do it. Like, I... I'm not taking the train up. Like, I couldn't do it. So people were... And I, I've never y- lived in the Northeast, so that kind of thing is really funny to me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds very funny. Take the train where? <laughs> Back up to New England. But aren't yeah. you already taking a train to go to the one in Rhode yeah, Island? Very- I drove. Oh, okay.
2: I'm going to tell you a brief story as soon as she-
1: Okay, great. Um,
0: I hope it's so about locations. I basically, <laughs> I basically was like... Because for a while, I, I I was in Katie's situation where I just like kept putting it off and missing meetings, but I wish what I did and what I eventually did, I was like, guys, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm so sorry. And I helped them find if they were will if the chapters were willing, I helped them find people who could take that place. And one in New Hampshire still runs oh wow seven years later wow my friend they didn't rich need you. my friend rich runs. no they didn't that's the thing is it's like so it's all an illusion should know, katie should know that that's the thing is nothing stopping them from getting together and picking a book and meeting at the same place like you <laughs> katie i, I don't want to like I, i'm not trying to make you feel bad but like people it's not like a magical
1: position yeah it doesn't yeah. like someone else mind. can take over
0: yeah i know i feel like a lot of us when we are in charge of something we're like oh well I, or like you know we no one else could do this i'm right. doing all this stuff it's not brain surgery <laughs> mm-hmm. They're gonna be fine without you. And most of the people will be really understanding. I did have a lot of people who weren't understanding and were really mad, but nice. fuck them. Really? Oh yeah. They were very people were really upset. Uh but you can't control that. And people the people who were nice about it are still my friends. Thing is, you don't owe these people your time. You owe yeah. them absolutely nothing. You yeah. have already given them so much time and great books and whatever. Like you are square. It's not an actual job. Just Maybe talk to them like, "Hey, guys, I can't do this anymore. Is there anyone in this book club that wants no. to step up and take this place?" Yeah. And then you throw a smoke
1: bomb and run away. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah,
2: do it over email. That's even do, better. do it over email. And
1: oh, also, yeah, there you go. Do it. Just go ahead and do it before you get better. Yeah. Don't don't stick do around. A, don't do the thing money. where you stay in the relationship too long to no. where you hate the person. <laughs> right. Like, and you're, you're just like no. hoping they break up with you first. Right. Like, don't do that. Then just you go.
2: stalk your book club on Facebook.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like bring us in
0: a <laughs> new book club. <laughs> oh
1: they see you in a but coffee you start shop. Breaking, like bad books on purpose. Right. And, like, yeah. You're just like, guys. We're gonna read this huge. Like, yeah, you pay. We're gonna, the gonna longest... read Infinite Jest. Yeah, yeah.
0: motherfuckers.
2: <laughs> what <do you> mean. <laughs>
1: what? Do you have a funny story? Yes, I'm very...
2: This is a very brief, unrelated story. I'm when excited. I moved to, uh, I lived. I grew up in Boston, and um, after college, I was teaching in Boston. I was teaching uh, middle school. So when I moved to Los Angeles uh, almost 15 years ago, I was still teaching. And I was teaching middle school out here, and I was teaching the kids. Um, oh, we did a book about witches, actually. Oh, nice. I can't remember what it's called, but it was great. Um, but we were, it took place in Massachusetts, it took place <clears throat> in Salem, and we we're just doing some Massachusetts history. Uh, so I had to explain to them Paul Revere's ride. Oh, and yeah. these were a bunch of Southern California kids <laughs> who could not fathom someone riding on horseback from <laughs> Lexington to Boston. Two not- c- cities,
1: right? No, yeah, I it's have to like it too. a
2: t- fifteen-minute drive. Right, right, <laughs>
1: yeah. It's New it's England not is very like small. cities
2: in California. Yeah, that's
1: that's actually that's that is very tough. I had
2: to take out a map and show them like here's It'd be what more California, like Paul California Revere looks d- like.
1: Riding on horseback from the west side to the east side, right, exactly. right, right, carrying a lantern. Man, I just went to Disney World, and let me just tell you paul revere's ride you talk about so much more when you're a child it's like there's, there's certain things where i was like i never think about like the paul Reveal, revere's ride there's a couple of things that came up yeah. multiple times at disney world where i was like right that yeah. thing that happened at one point like the <laughs> boston tea party something i never think about but now i've been reminded um, of it four times you today. go to new england well, that, you get
0: reminded yeah, that, oh, yeah.
2: that you're sort of faced with all the time
1: mm. so katie dump your book club <laughs>
0: Thank so, you're fine uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy, who run our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. Ben, where can we buy HexWise? Where can we find you online?
2: You can find me on Twitter at Ben Blacker. It's just my name. It's not even my Halloween name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh,
2: and you can buy HexWise at your local comic book shop or from Amazon.com.
1: And what about Podcast World?
2: Oh, I hope you like them, because I've got a few. Yeah.
1: Let's hear it. Ben Check. just whipped out a scroll and it rolled <laughs> down a lot on the floor.
2: Check out the Writers Panel podcast. I think listeners of this show will enjoy yeah, that Yeah, Yeah, definitely. It's a great um, show. I talk to writers about the business and process of writing television, movies, and sometimes books.
0: It's a great show to listen to, to prep for National Novel Writing Month. Mm-hmm. It's true.
2: I, it is, I'll tell you, Like I've been doing this show since 2013. I'm coming up on 500 episodes, and I'm still inspired every conversation I have. I still absolutely enjoy it and learn something every time. Uh, If you're a comic book reader, check out comic book commentary in which writers and sometimes artists of comic books provide commentary tracks on the issue that is on stands that day and check out the thrilling adventure hour, which I co-created with my writing partner, Ben Acker. Um, We did it as a live stage show for 10 years. It is now an in-studio monthly podcast that you can listen to. It's
1: Fiction. <laughs> uh, it is. You have, is it reality? It's,
2: it's scripted. Was yes, what I was yes, going yes. to say. It's a it's scripted. Uh, it's scripted comedy genre stories.
0: So if you want to support reading glasses and look sexy when you're doing it. if you're maybe a witch looking for a witch bone and you want to look I sexy, you can buy reading glasses, Gross. tote accent, <laughs> tote accent shirt. Witch bone. <laughs> you know, maybe a witch just walking down the street wearing a reading glasses shirt and uh, okay. another witch is like, oh, wow. Yeah. That witch is well
1: read. Yeah. <laughs> How do they know they're witches though? Because they're wearing hats?
0: yes, yes okay. obviously. <laughs> or maybe they're riding a broom <laughs> oh yeah not yeah. walking down the street riding two brooms. <laughs> or maybe they're riding a broom down the sidewalk very like very low <laughs> uh yeah and there's also bookmarks in the maximum fun store there's always a link in the show notes and if you like the show and want to support us for free you can rate us and review us on itunes it only takes a minute really helps us it makes us feel good about the show we're cruising towards 800 which is really exciting uh, if you, you want to email us, you can send a message to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our spooky bookish adventures. <laughs> uh, see, it's different because it's Halloween. Uh, using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading Halloween books. I, got <laughs> I don't know. That's my scary voice. <laughs>